A group of average people in a small town with no vehicles get caught up in the middle of a hunt between an alien spider and a robotic-looking cowboy. We watched the 2007 asylum film Alien vs. Hunter on today's episode of Bottom of the Barrel. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Bottom of the Barrel. I am your host, Jeff Bell, as always, and today we are wrapping up the unofficial Asylum Month here on Bottom of the Barrel. Uh, wasn't intentional until last week where just kept finding amazing Asylum movies to watch. And uh, hopefully you guys have been enjoying them as much as I have been enjoying watching them. They've been quite spectacular, quite terrible. Just, you know, they live up to their standard. And this movie is no different. This movie is, as Netflix puts it, to not be confused with the blockbuster film Alien vs. Predator. Uh, they, they specifically state that it is basically a ripoff of Alien vs. Predator. But Alien vs. Predator, even if you've hated those sequels um, to the Alien and Predator movies, they are still so much better than this movie is. And uh, if just, yeah, let's just get into the review and, and hopefully you'll see what I'm talking about. The movie opens resembling more of a summer college flick than a sci-fi film about aliens, with a middle-aged man taking his morning jog in the middle of a highway all while listening to music. Yeah, that's, that's safe. But his morning jog in heavily yellow filtered world is cut short when a fellow cop pulls him over in an unmarked Honda SUV. Yeah, that car is as much a police vehicle as my phone is a gun. The cop convinces the old man to go looking at something that just fell out of the sky and crashed into the woods a short distance away, and they head off. But first, they make a quick stop at a local resident who's been reportedly causing issues. When Honda Cop attempts to wake the residents and their mobile bus trailer thing, middle-aged man walks around the back and suddenly sees the half-mile-wide spaceship crashed into the ground. Oh, wait, how did they not see that thing pulling up? After Honda Cop spots the ship too, he yells at it only to trigger something? And they both realize they should get back to the car fast. Middle-aged man makes it back, but for some reason Honda Cop falls to the ground and then minutes later gets attacked and... eaten? by a creature that's a mix between the xenomorphs from Alien and the Predators. Middle-aged man watches as his friend gets attacked and eventually slumps down into his seat instead of driving away or helping. Just as the Xenonator is about to attack the police car, it doesn't, and is replaced by a frantic young woman who says she can't find her mom. They run off after seeing a bloody hand on the hood of the car and next scene. Apparently they didn't bother taking the car, but walked all the way back to the precinct, or house, or wherever they actually went to. Very efficient. As the young girl is cleaning up in the bathroom, she spots a crumpled up letter from a publishing house in the trash that says, Middle-aged man's book has been rejected for publication. This causes the young girl to go crazy and become angry at the man. For some reason, claiming he thinks all of this is a joke and is some kind of hack writer. I'm really not sure where any of this came from. So they decide to head back out to the woods with no ammo, no protection, no armor, and no backup. Okay, this is so stupid, I'm officially making it its own drink moment. Bottoms up, everybody. On the mountain, the young girl attempts to get phone reception and talks as if the previous scene had never happened. Middle-aged man grabs the phone and immediately can call someone. Dude's got some awesome salary repeater apparently built into his body. 
He calls someone back in town and now asks for backup and guns when conveniently the phone loses reception. So they decide to run into the woods to wait for their backup. Honestly, why didn't they do this when they were in town? Then, taking a quick break to make small talk about her mom that, frankly, I could care less about, they spot their backup arriving, all one jeep full. They attempt to get the backup's attention when suddenly the Xenonator runs across the road and is apparently half spider now, too. A Xenotator rider? A, a, a Spinotator? Hmm, okay, I'll have to think about that. And it attacks the jeep. Middle-aged man and young girl quickly flee away on foot and... Go back to his house in town. Okay, what the hell, movie? So now a handful of people sit around the office talking about what middle-aged man and young girl saw, but of course, no one believes them. Side note, this scene sounds like the boom mic was put outside the room and picked up only faint echoes of the voices and everyone's footsteps. A few arguments later, consisting of young girl not believing anyone is actually dead, even though middle-aged man saw a Honda cop get eaten in front of him, they cut to a new scene because that one was obviously not going anywhere. Back in the woods now, the group of office workers find the overturned jeep from earlier and its passenger who is still somehow alive. Worst Xenotator rider ever. And as the others attempt to drag him to safety, one of the other office workers has a talk with middle-aged man about his numerous magazine rejection letters so apparently everyone knows about this, and how she thinks he's making the whole alien invasion thing up just to come up with a good enough story to get published. Even though, I'm pretty sure they could go back to the mobile bus and look at the giant friggin' crashed spaceship and dead body of the Honda cop. No? Not an option movie? <laughs> okay. So of course, Negative Office Lady gets attacked by the Xenotator Rider, and everyone flees the scene, effectively splitting up and heading their own directions. Stocking Camp Man and Other Lady, I'm really running out of creative names for these people, find each other and have a very brief encounter with the Xenotator Rider that turns out to be nothing. And then surprise, it's back again! People in this community have issues with seeing very, very large objects. Horrible tunnel vision on these guys, seriously. So just as the Xenotator Rider is about to attack the group, who have all joined back up now, laser blasts fire past the creature, revealing the hunter from the title of the film who looks like a bad Boba Fett robot. Cowboy. So the two have a brief standoff, complete with POV from the Fettbot Cowboy that shows pretty much nothing but black the entire time. Dude needs to adjust his brightness and contrast, I think. After they sidestep around one another for a little while, we cut back to the town. Again! And everyone's fine! <laughs> yeah. The scene is pointless, more small talk about everyone, until Stocking Cap Man remembers he has three ATVs at his house, which they could go get and get out of town. Does no one in this town actually own real vehicles? No, wait, the Native American guy says he lives in a van. Wow. Kind of offensive there, movie. <laughs> After a few more minutes of arguing and debating about what they can do, middle-aged man says he knows how to get to Valentine's, which is some great hunter that lives in the mountain a short distance away. And that is to walk through a poorly made, quote-unquote, cement sewer system made of duct tape and cardboard. It's like they didn't even try. But I really don't expect much more from this company. The group slowly makes their way through when, surprise, the Xenotator writer is there waiting for them. 
I'm pretty sure that wasn't a surprise. It hones in on the Native American dude who somehow gets separated and runs slowly around shouting, No! With no real emotion behind it. Then it kills him. Yeah. Cut to the outside the sewer system where the remaining members of the group casually walk out into the woods again, showing no real emotional signs of distress or panic or fear. Pretty sure these people are dead inside. <laughs> So the group make it to Valentine's house, where they have an attempt at emotions and plot, but it kind of feels more half-assed than anything else. There's some talk about how Valentine is mad at middle-aged man for an article he wrote about him, and blah blah blah, pointless backstory no one cares about and will have no bearing on the further of this plot. So back in the woods, Fetbot Cowboy apparently has the ability to touch the ground and sense where the Xenotator Rider is. That's an interesting ability. Back at Valentine's house, a few hours later, they attempt to contact the military for help. You know, I love that people in movies always seem to have this as a option. Just, apparently anybody can just call up the military, and they listen to you. Hate to be the operator on that. By sending Morse code when suddenly a noise on the roof distracts them, and it turns out that the Xenotator writer has arrived. Do do do. I don't know why I did that. Outside, under the cover of Midday Sun with Blue Filter, Valentine has a standoff between Xenotator Rider and Fetbot Cowboy. The two creatures go at it, fighting each other in a series of quick shots and flash cuts until the Xenotator Rider runs away scared. Fetbot Cowboy turns on Valentine, somehow magically flips a car slowly with a laser blast, and then starts attacking each other. Valentine somehow pulls out the machine gun from nowhere and fires it at one point while swinging on a rope. Very practical but he only misses with every shot and ultimately hides in a hollowed out hole in the ground. Meanwhile, under the house, the group makes their way to the sewer tunnels where they meet up with Valentine who is going to take them to safety. While walking, they come across a pile of dirt that's covering a, a car door with someone inside, apparently. I, I'm not really sure they didn't really show much of anything. Just a lot of reaction shots. Having a moment of life-changing decisions, Valentine, middle-aged man, and other woman talk about how middle-aged man is going with Valentine to take care of the creatures. This should go well. So as the two meet up with a handful of military men, the rest of the group find themselves being hunted by the Xenotator Rider in the sewer. Jeep Man walks through the exact same piece of set that the others were just in, drops his flashlight, and magically has his phone working long enough for him to leave a message to his wife before being killed by the Xenotator Rider. Back to the remaining members of the sewers, the other woman apparently decided not to go find him, and she's now walking with them, and they somehow manage to find themselves on the crashed alien spaceship, and against better judgment, decide to stay on the ship and explore it. So, how much longer until these people die? Seriously, I'm starting to root for the aliens here. Meanwhile, back on the surface, the army guys, Valentine and middle-aged guys, start fighting the Xenotator Rider when Fetbot Cowboy shows up and kills one of them. They grab his weapons and take off for cover. Back on the spaceship, the group find one of Fetbot Cowboy's guns and stumble into a holding cell for a dead Xenotator Rider. Their idea? Pull off the skin of the creature and use it for armor! The hell? Back to the military guys as they confront Fetbot Cowboy, who is impervious to their bullets. Um, duh. Dude's got armor. Something you guys obviously never thought about. Until suddenly, Xenotator Rider shows back up and slices at Valentine, killing him. Oh, that's too bad. I was just starting to not know enough about him to care. Middle-aged man and the surviving military guy, uh, 
apparently named Two Fingers, leave the fight and make their way down the mountain where they meet up with the others, who have apparently decided against staying in the ship and found a way out of it. Two Fingers breaks the news about Valentine's death to his daughter. The scene gets awkward as other woman attempts to say something to middle-aged man but doesn't. It's probably something about emotions and feelings, I, I don't know. It's interrupted when Valentine's daughter says the only way to end this is to give Fetbot Cowboy the Xenotator Rider. Two Fingers agrees and they decide to head off to set the trap, along the way actually discussing the makeup of the alien gun when oh no, suddenly the stoner guy of the group gets caught up in a trap set by Fetbot Cowboy and is dragged 300 feet by a human nylon rope into a stick protruding from a tree where he's killed. Then, Two Fingers forgets the human bullets don't affect Fetbot Cowboy and fires around at him only to be shot by Fetbot and killed. Then, Valentine's daughter starts to run away, stops when she's in the sights of Fetbot Cowboy, bounces back and forth a bit with the goofiest expression on her face, and then she vanishes in a white flash when Fetbot Cowboy shoots her. Meanwhile, middle-aged man has somehow managed to get himself caught inside a hole. Yep, with a net in front of it that's apparently impenetrable by the Xenotator Rider's claws. Other woman distracts the Xenotator Rider with a ripped-off skull from the spaceship, allowing middle-aged man to get out, grab the alien gun, and shoot at the Xenotator Rider, causing it to explode. Highly combustible creatures, those Xenotator Riders. Fetbot Cowboy stands, looks like he's going to shoot them, but apparently changes his mind and turns on his camouflage. Meaning he surrenders? I guess? So middle-aged man, young girl, and other woman have a laugh and walk off together to start their life together. The end. But wait! Surprise bonus scene! Back on the Fetbot Cowboy spaceship, Fetbot takes off his mask and is heard speaking English to someone else saying he's ready to go home as he drinks a Diet Coke and smokes. He tells the voice that there's nothing worthwhile hunting on this planet and says he's leaving as he turns around and shows he's human. Credits. No, that was a stupid ending movie. So this film is just confusing. There's so much stuff going on over the course of the movie that you kind of... You, you you don't really know what's happening. The movie, the movie it looks like they, they, they filmed one version of it and then realized, well, there wasn't just enough information in this movie. Let's go back and add scenes and would just randomly cut them in forgetting what happened in the previous scene. The beginning of the movie, the, the young girl that, that middle-aged man gets uh, while at the mobile home bar, uh, or mobile home bus, I should say, uh, she she's in that one scene when they're back at his house. She's, like, very ticked off at him for whatever reason. But then the next scene, perfectly fine. Like, it just never happened. These people, the characters in this movie just change their minds so abruptly that you can't, there, there's no rhyme or reason for anything that they do. And then there's no emotions to these people when it comes to watching other people get killed. I mean, apparently, when when the Native American guy got killed, they didn't really seem to care that much. When Valentine died, I mean, when Valentine died and his daughter was told that he died, she showed some form of emotion there. But, like, everybody else is just numb. They're all dead inside. There's nothing alive in these people at all, which is probably the reason why the Xenotator writer went after him. Which, by the way, one of my favorite words ever that I've come up with. <laughs> I love that name, the Xenotator writer. It's such a good, uh, yeah, such a good name. I'm going to use that for something else. So, but this movie is so, so crazy, so ridiculous. It's got a handful of just awesome awesome moments, awesome lines in it that just 
are so over the top and so stupid and so ridiculous that you can't believe you actually just heard them be said. And I mean, I didn't even cover uh, half the lines. The reactions for some people. <laughs> when, I'm sorry, I'm laughing because I'm thinking about it. When they're in the when they're in the uh, the house near the beginning, and they're and uh, the capped guy says he's got the three ATVs. He's like, "Well, I got three ATVs in my garage. We could take them and we could get out of here." It cuts to Native American guy who goes, "Yeah, and I have a van." And then it just cuts away like, <laughs> and they just keep talking like, like it wasn't even. It felt like no one wanted to acknowledge what he said, and there's no bearing. I mean, they never even go to the ATVs. It's hinted that the capped guy is a apparently a stoner because apparently in his basement he's got drugs. Because the jeep guy mentions that he wants to go to his basement at one point. Like it's weird. Like they they try to have some character development for these characters, but they failed horribly. I, I, I kind of had the idea that the other woman maybe was married to Valentine at once, maybe, or had something with it. I just, I don't know. Apparently this is a small community, too, and everybody knows each other, which is why nobody apparently has a vehicle to get around. I, oh my goodness, it's so, so ridiculous and so crazy, and I don't, I still don't quite understand the uh, the ending, because, okay, I get it that it's supposed to be the twist. The twist is that the Fedbot Cowboy, or the Hunter, I suppose, in the title, is actually human, but he's not from Earth, because he comments that there's nothing worthwhile on this planet to hunt or to terraform. So, I mean, and that he wants to go home, but he's, so, okay, so he's kind of implied to be a human-esque figure, but not from Earth. Okay, that's fine then why is he smoking cigarettes and drinking a Diet Coke? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. That's kind of confusing. So, like, they really, they they tried coming up with, like, a little bit of a twist ending, but they just executed it terribly. And it all has to do with the dialogue. If they cleared up the dialogue, it would have been better. But definitely this movie's enjoyable. Believe me, you'll you'll love this movie. Uh, You'll enjoy it. It's... It's so, so terrible. If you thought Alien vs. Predator was bad, this movie is just... Literally is bottom of the barrel. I could actually use the title of the podcast for describing this film. That's how bad it is. So, alright. So, after that, let's get on to the drinking rules for this week. Hopefully, you guys are going to have some fun with these. Um, I had a hard time coming up with the seventh one, but actually, I think all seven of these will, will be good. So, here's the drinking rules for this week. Number one. Anytime there's a helicopter establishing shot of a scene, basically there's a handful of times where it's a flyover of the woods establishing a scene, you can drink for that one. Number two, anytime a character says something and then immediately contradicts it by doing something else. Number three, anytime a character has a sudden and massive mood swing. Number two and number three can kind of go together, but they are separate enough that I thought they deserved their own listing here. Number four, anytime there's a random shot that focuses on nothing, is of people just leaving the frame, or anything that looks like it should have been cut from the film, but they forgot about it. Number five, anytime a character talks, but you can't understand them because of bad microphone recording. Number six, anytime a character asks a completely stupid question. It's a completely stupid question. And number seven, Anytime the Xenotator Rider point of view is shown, but it's the exact same shot as the regular camera view that was directly before it, just with a filter on it now. 
So there's your seven rules for this week's drinking game. Hopefully you guys have some fun with that. And as always, drink responsible. You know, don't get too crazy. <laughs> you know, don't go out and make a terrible movie after you drink. That'd be a terrible idea, which I'm pretty sure is the motto for Asylum Films. So this movie is currently available just on Netflix for instant streaming. Uh, search for Alien vs. Hunter. You won't miss it. It's the movie that looks like a bad ripoff of Alien vs. Predator. And uh, find it immediately. Add it to your queue. So with that, that will end the unofficial Asylum movie month here on Bottom of the Barrel. Uh, we are going to be... Uh, I should do this announcement. We are changing the way that these shows are done. Uh, this would be the final weekly episode of Bottom of the Barrel for a while. We are trying to focus on some other shows, and I frankly just don't have enough time to be doing this every week and be doing the handful of other ones that we're, we're trying to work on. So, Bottom of the Barrel will be moving to an every other week show. So for the month of December, we will be doing two movies, uh, two Christmas movies, hopefully, and you shall see that in a couple weeks. So, you know, I, I really didn't want to have to move it to uh, every other week, but I just... I just don't have the time to be doing it every single week. It started. It's starting to get a little too hectic and crazy because there's a lot of time I have to dedicate to making this episode. You know, finding a bad, uh, finding a good bad movie is hard enough, but then to re write the review and record it and edit it down, it just takes a little too long. So we're gonna be doing that format for a while, and maybe someday we can get back into the every week thing. But uh, for now, um, keep an eye out for the other shows that are gonna be coming out here on the Ghost Hat Network. Some very uh, hopefully interesting and fun ones that you guys will enjoy. And also keep an ear out for future Bottom of the Barrel episodes. With that, I'd have to say, hopefully you guys had a great Thanksgiving. If you celebrate Thanksgiving, otherwise, hopefully you guys had a great Thursday. And uh, we'll uh, we'll catch you guys next time on Bottom of the Barrel. Thank you guys. Bye bye now. Xeno Trader. No, what was it? Xeno. I forgot my own word. Xeno Nader Writer. Xeno Tater Writer. Xeno Tater Writer. Greatest word ever. For more information about this and other programming, visit our official website at www.ghostat.net.